Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now playing Movie Reviews in 20 Cues. Hello, good people, and welcome to Movie Reviews in 20 Cues, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I am your host, Liz, and I am joined by some different guests this week. I didn't want our listeners to feel too overwhelmed by estrogen. So this week I've invited two of my favourite male podcasters to join me, and I know they're going to be your favourites too. So first up we have Billy from We Watched a Thing. Hey, Billy. Hello, Liz. I love the energy that you bring to the podcast compared to Sam. If this was Sam on here, he would have ripped on me about 10 times already. Like, Uh this is just nice. (laughs) I know. I forget start nice. I'm sure I'll rip you to shreds in your opinions later, (laughs) but it doesn't mean I can't say one nice thing at the start, you know? Well, it's lovely to be here with you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It's lovely to have you here. My second is the wonderful Nicholas Haskins from Food Podcast, The Glass Kitchen. How you doing, Nick? You hear that, Sam? Uh, We are some of her favorite male podcasters. (laughs) You are not. See, we can still rip on him, Billy. Just because he's not here, we can still give him all the crap we want. I know, absolutely. He's not here and his hair isn't on his head. So (laughs) Nice. There's no judgment here. I'm more than happy for you to rip on Sam. That's great. We've been doing it like all the episodes I've been recording. It's been fantastic. (laughs) Poor guys, probably just like, these fuckers, this is my podcast, man. He's just crying crying to himself while he cutters his beautiful children. Yeah, this is the Liz show as far as I'm concerned. Pretty much, yeah. I do what I want. More Liz, more Liz, more Liz. Well, you'll get your wish because as far as I know, I'm still going for the immediate future. So lucky everyone. Uh, Mm. So for the few people that are still listening, (laughs) I'm not always sure why, but we'll just keep going with it. Today, the movie we're reviewing is See How They Run. It's a comedy murder mystery out now in cinemas, directed by Tom George and written by Mark Chappell. Chappell? Chappell? I don't know. It stars uh, Saoirse Ronan as Constable Stalker, Sam Rockwell as Inspector Stoppard, and Adrian Brody as Leo Kopernik, plus a bunch of other people I couldn't be bothered reading out. The scores are pretty consistent. We've got 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 71% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 6.2% on Metacritic. I picked this one because I like Saoirse Ronan and Sam Rockwell, and I wanted an excuse to go to the movies instead of watching Netflix. We'll soon see if you guys agree with my choice. Now, I am going to make the guys do rock, paper, scissors and the loser gets to summarise the plot because I don't want to do it. So, Oh, but I'm pretty sure you saw this last, Liz. I Isn't did. That the I rules? am sure. That's it's my podcast. New rules. Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors for the <laughs> oh, guest. Oh, man. Yeah. Jeez. Brutal dictator. That's oh. who I am. Wow. So, okay. Well, given that this is an audio only medium, would you like us to just shout out rock, paper, Oh my God, that would be fucking hilarious. Do it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go three, two, one, and then you both have to yell something. All right. Okay. Got okay. it. Right. Ready. Okay. Three, two, one. Rock. Paper. Wait, no. Did I want to win? I don't think I wanted to win. Damn yeah. It. Uh, that was kind of cheating, actually, but. Oh, well, I'm a horrible person. So, uh, Billy, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Everyone knows how good I am with uh, telling plots. Okay. So, uh, okay. All right. Uh, It's back in old-timey days. The year is the early 1950s. Oh, God, you might be worse than me. This is great. (laughs) And in ye old London, there is a showing of the the play The Mousetrap, based on one of Agatha Christie's uh, famous novels. And there is a murder that takes place, and the film follows two detectives, Sir Ronan and um, the other guy, uh, Rockwell, as they investigate said murder. 
And uh, that's it, folks. <laughs> that's pretty good. I mean, you had me worried yeah, at the start. Sir Ronan and the other guy. The other guy. Yeah, yeah that guy. <laughs> yeah. I love that we're all just like, Sir Ronan and some other people that were there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Rockwell is is a is a known guy, of course. It just I'm not good with names or faces. Yep. I know why I bought my ticket. I'm comfortable with it because yeah. I told you to. Also, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was actually trying to think where I knew Sam Rockwell from, other than Green Mile, because he's Green Mile, right? Is yeah, that I mean yeah. heaps of stuff. Heaps of stuff, Three right? But I just can't. Outside of being Moon was what he won the Oscar for. Yeah, Moon. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, heaps of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I knew I liked him. I was just kind of like, oh, I can't quite remember what for, but never mind. That's why I run a movie <laughs> podcast, because I'm so knowledgeable <laughs> about all of the movies. We might as well get started on our compliment sandwich, which is the first question we ask. And essentially, if you're going to give it a compliment sandwich, it's uh, one thing good, one thing bad, one thing good. A shit sandwich, one thing bad, one thing good, one thing bad. A hyperbole sandwich is one thing good, one thing great, one thing good. You get the hang of this. So I think we'll go with Nick first. Would you like to get us started? Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my first bad thing oh. is going to be, I, I hate, 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 hate when this is done in films, opening narration where someone basically tells the whole plot of the movie at you or tells anything like tells character setup tells dramatic setup anything like they're just sitting there telling at the audience telling you what you're about to see during the entire uh opening of it and of course they're discussing the making of a movie of a murder mystery so they're all trying they're trying to be clever and they're trying to wink wink audio audience i'm winking at them they're trying to wink at the audience to be really meta and it's like a whole thing we're setting up a murder mystery but then a murder happens. It's so I God, like I you know how I describe this movie? Seriously. Uh it's if you go on wish.com and type in Wes Anderson murder mystery. Uh because that's what it felt like. A really cheap, poor man's Wes Anderson murder mystery movie. Uh yeah. no, not a fan. <laughs> wow. All right. That was my that was my that was my one bad thing. Uh good thing I got his name up on IMDb so I didn't mispronounce it. Uh David Oyelowo is incredible in this he is deliciously over the top there's an answer to a question that's going to come up later so i don't want to get a hundred percent into it now i'll get back to it but he is delicious in the film i love how he is more over the top than anybody else in this movie which is something but i love it and i love him for it my other bad thing is why is Saoirse Ronan in this? Because she's amazing and I love her, but this is like a criminal waste of her talents. Uh, she's still probably the best thing about the movie. I'll, I'll definitely mm. say that. But um, yeah, like it actively made me mad that I had to go to the theater to watch her in it. I'm Because I could have just watched any of her other movies instead. I'm really sorry, Nick. A little bit no, sorry, at sorry. least. I'm a I, love, I love going to the movies and I love you, so shut it. Yeah, okay, deal. <laughs> All right, so um, how many smashed anniversary cakes are you going to give this out of 10,000? 4,300 smashed anniversary cakes. All right. Maybe it's one of those scores like Sam that's just going to, where he gives something a, a 10,000 out of 10,000 and he keeps lowering his score over the course of it. <laughs> this will probably get down to a 2,500 by the time we're done. Well, the suspense is going to kill everyone. This is very exciting. Given that it's a murder mystery, but you know what did it, and it was the movie we're reviewing. So, yeah. All right, Billy, take it away. All righty. I'm going to start with a good thing, and that is the production design. 
I I know completely where you're coming from where you say this is like a cheap Wes Anderson film, Nick. But I actually think this was a pretty good looking film and it's bright, it's colourful. That works for me. My first bad thing is the tone is all over the shop and I think the screenplay is fairly fucking weak for a lot of this film. I think most of the characters are really underbaked and in a murder mystery, the characters should be the most important thing because you should be actually caring about these people, wondering who did it. And I'm just not because most of them don't have that much screen time and I just don't really care. I do have one last good thing and that is Saoirse Ronan because she is what makes this movie worth watching at all. She is fantastic in it. And it is because of her that this movie just creeps over the line to a 5,112. All right. Okay. So wow. slightly more positive, not like raving about it, which fair enough. I am going to have my first good thing as I liked the ridiculous plays on words. I, I mean, it was very cheesy, but I did like just the stupid puns because they just get that little bit of a, ah, that's funny kind of moment. And it's nice to have a few cheap laughs through the thing for that. You know, when uh, he gets hit by a ski and she's like, it's all downhill from here. I'm like, oh, that's terrible. I love it. So yeah, um, I, I liked those sort of things. My bad thing is that I, I did find it pretty slow moving. You know, the pace is a bit glacial. You didn't feel that sense of urgency. You didn't feel that, oh, I, I have to know. And it's like, it's only 90, it's like 90. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it's, it's a not quick long. film. So it's like, yeah. well, thank God, because I mean, if they'd made it like a two hour film, like that would have been probably oh, torturous. God. But as it was, like it was okay, because you thought, well, I mean, it's not moving really fast, but at least I know it's only an hour and a half. So, you know, we're going to be coming to a resolution pretty soon. And then my third thing is pretty similar to you guys, Saoirse Ronan. And I'm going to say Adrian Brody as well were particularly good in their roles. Like, I, I felt like they delivered what they needed to deliver in those, especially Saoirse Ronan. Yeah, beautiful ray of sunshine that she is. God, she's good. Yeah, she's so lovely. So um, I think I'm going to give it 5,875 smashed anniversary cakes. Wow. So none of us are, like, going to rave about this movie, but... To be honest, I always think that's kind of the better episodes anyway, because everybody likes to bitch and complain about things. So, <laughs> lucky listeners. No. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to make myself feel better about picking a movie that we're all like, meh, about. So, <laughs> it's a weird time for movies. There's not like any big blockbusters. There's no like Oscar contenders. It's all just kind of generic. And I was like, well, I'd like to do a new one. What's out? And I thought, oh, I like Saoirse Ronan and Sam Rockwell. How bad can this be? So I mean, I'll tell you this. I had an incredible chock top at the cinemas. <laughs> so it was, you know, it wasn't all bad. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. I got to see Clerks 3 after this. So, I mean, that that's, okay. it was only uphill from here. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was like a curve like this. I see what you did there with the only uphill because of the downhill yeah. line in the movie. God damn it, Liz. <laughs> so that was, that was quality. My boyfriend and I discovered a nice little independent cinema that we hadn't been to before. It was quite cute, although it didn't serve popcorn, which I found quite strange. So we were like, next time I'm bringing in my giant coat and we're going to just like smuggle in a giant (laughs) bag of popcorn to eat in the movie theatre. Let's move on to our additional questions. So uh, question two is a Patreon question and it comes from the most awesome nerdrovert. What is it, Nick? When was the perfect time for a bathroom break? I mean, like you said, it's a, it's a really short film. It's only 90 minutes. Like, I need to pee in every movie ever, and I managed to hold it through this. 
But I reckon if you need to pee, I would just hold on till the final act because it's just <laughs> so uninteresting and so nothing that it's the perfect time to go because it just doesn't matter. Well, you also <laughs> you knew what was going to happen because they told it to you earlier. So well, by the time yeah. they turn up and the guy came in with the rifle, you went, oh, so it is literally just going to be that exact same scene that he storyboarded. It was that moment where you were like, oh, I get what they're doing. Yeah, I see, I see <laughs> yeah. what's happening here. I went for when Stop had said that he had the dentist appointment, but he was actually at the pub because I felt like that was the only unnecessary part, didn't really contribute to the mystery at all. And it just was a bit rude because he was trying to get away from Sesha and who the yeah. fuck tries to get away from Sesha Ronan. So, yeah, why? Spoiler yeah. alert for the very next question. <laughs> oh. uh, sorry. Uh, what about you, Nick? I touched on this in my first answer, but uh, the entire cold open of the movie, because I didn't need Leo to explain the premise of the movie to me or introduce any of the characters, let the damn movie introduce them to me itself. I don't need characters in the movie to tell me what I'm about to watch, movie makers. That was really weird. Like, it was just, it, you're right, it was totally unnecessary, and actually it would have just been better to just have it play out as it did without any of the details. Like, I liked his wink, too. Like, he has that wink uh, at the end of the movie where he's like, now that's a Leo, whatever his name is, ending. Copernic, now that's a Leo Copernic. I liked that little wink. I was like, okay, like, that got me movie. But, like, I did not need the entire beginning of him. Expl God, I hate it when movies do that. I think the only reason they did it was to really show that he was an asshole. To tie in with the, you know, all murder mysteries, either the person is the most loved person there or the most hated. But they could have yeah. just done that easily because he was being a sleazebag with everyone anyway. I think it's anyway, also so. just part of the meta-ness of the film. Like the whole film is extremely meta to the point yeah. of being kind of oh, annoying. 100%. And that is, that is a very typical thing in murder mysteries. You know, I mean, they've almost become a game yeah. at this point where like when I hear murder mystery... I think of the game night type thing before I think of a murder mystery movie. I think of everybody gathering around, picking out a card that tells you what character you are, and somebody tells you everything. And that I think that this is kind of playing on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then, as you've already hinted at, uh, question three. Billy, why don't you go ahead okay. and... What was the biggest is? dick move in this movie? <laughs> I mean, Do you want to just tell yeah, us yours that you already have? teaching her to go to the pub. <laughs> like, I mean... I get it. We all want to drink in the middle of the day, but you're in a car with Saoirse fucking Ronan. You're not going to the pub, mate. <laughs> and, and even if it wasn't Saoirse oh, Ronan, just, like, yeah, you have a exactly. job it's to do, bro. It's an inconsiderate like, thing to do. It's just, it's a real dick move. It's worse than killing someone, honestly. Well, it's ironic you say that because my biggest dick move was Agatha killing her butler through sheer yep. carelessness. Like... Why didn't you put, like, your pink cup on the tray? And that was the one with, like, rat poison. There were six cups on the tray, and one of them was in the middle. Why wasn't the poison one yeah. the one in the middle? So you, yes. like, it was on, why was it on a spinning tray that was going to rotate around if you set it down on the yeah. table? <laughs> like, Come on, woman. Like, that was, that was poor form. Her poor butler. I mean, not that I really liked the butler, but I don't think he deserved to die. Like, that was a bit extreme. He actually added quite a bit of quality with the gun when they were like nudging him to take the gun and he was just like, mm-mm, mm-mm. And he had that like not wanting to, that was quite, I, I quite like that little comedic moment. That was good. I'm going to say Leo throwing out Mervyn Cocker Norris's uh, script. They get in the fight at the mm. Savoy and, and like rips it in half. But I mean, I don't know, like as somebody who is a writer or at least I have a degree in it, you know, don't, don't be throwing out the writer's like entire work, Leo, <laughs> you jerk. 
Yeah, especially because you're the director. That doesn't involve yeah. writing. That isn't your thing. Have disagreements, sure, but like, don't totally shit on all his work. Totally rude. Question four is also a Patreon question. It's from our man, Chris Yeeney. He is the <laughs> Fuck man. Fuck you, Chris. I've seen more than 18 movies. Well, okay, not everyone agrees he's the man, but Sam does, so, you know, that, that's that's all I got to say there. Um, all right, what on the no song are you inserting into this movie and where? As Leo is getting brutally murdered, I said shove Mozart's Requiem in there. Sweet. <laughs> You knew they were setting it up for him to die, like, in that opening anyway, but, like, it would have just made it, like, as he goes down into what he had to, like, changes because he got in the fight and got the cake on him or whatever. As he goes down in and and changes, like, if it starts, like, it's like, oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) It would have been an even harder wink at the audience, I think. To make it just that really obvious, like, they were trying to get with the rest of the tone of the movie. Yeah. 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 They literally did actually play Three Blind Mice at yeah. one point, which is just ridiculous. It's almost as bad as that thing like when movies, when they say the name of the movie, <laughs> you know, which is just so lame. And in this case, they virtually had to do that because the title really doesn't tie into anything at all. The Mouse Trap. The Mouse yeah, Trap? Yeah. See? I only yeah, worked that out from silly. reading Just you wait until you see how we run or something. Wait, no. I just... <laughs> I, I screwed the pooch on that one. <laughs> I reckon it would have been sick if they had like a metal version of Three Blind Mice at one point. <laughs> Especially since, you know, it was set in the 50s. That would, yeah, that would, yeah that would have been cool. Slightly jarring, but unexpected. I love it. <laughs> I thought of Dean Martin's That's Amore when uh, Wolf snuggling his secretary in the bar, just because I like that song and it's period appropriate. And wasn't it Amore with Wolf and his secretary? That wasn't gross and creepy trope at all (laughs) that was creepy in fact the funniest bit of the movie was when he um just knocked her off his lap (laughs) oh that was fucking hilarious and that the the wife played it like she didn't get why she was down there and you know yeah yeah that was the funniest recurring gag for me was just the wife completely ignoring that the whole time but then at the end being like oh what a surprise you're here i followed you here you know like (laughs) yeah yeah actually i've known this whole time yeah absolutely (laughs) Nick, what is question five? What quote from this film would be the worst to hear immediately after having sex? And I wanted to jump in. uh, (laughs) I'm doing mine first is what I was going to say. I know how to word people. Uh, But it's quite simple. You've never heard of Dickie? (laughs) (laughs) Please tell me that's what you call your penis. There's straight up silence from Nick. I think we all know what that means. Cue in that cricket sound effect. God, I should have the soundboard on for this. I'll I'll, I'll search it and uh, chuck it in there. Yeah, that'll be fine. Well, um, I would I would feel really really disheartened if um after having sex she just got up and said oh I, I forgot I have a dentist appointment and just ran out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was confident that neither of you had mine because it's really a one that a woman's going to choose. And it was, oh, God, I wasn't in that, was I? (laughs) (laughs) I literally heard that and immediately grabbed my phone in the cinema and wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it because I was like, that is perfect. I can't top that one for me. So awesome. All right. So question six um, comes from Julio of the Contrarians podcast, which takes on popular opinion. Trashing movies everyone loves and praising movies everyone hates. Billy, what does he want to know? 
Well, we love Julio. Julio is the greatest. And he wants to know, what is your most controversial opinion about this film? That Julio sucks. No, I'm joking. I don't actually mean that. I was just, I was trying to be controversial. Wow. That you noticed that was not me or Billy Julio. No. That was Liz. Absolutely. I didn't tisk, really mean tisk. it. I didn't, Shocking. I didn't mean it. Uh, let's move over this awkward moment by Nick telling us what his controversial opinion is. I should have left this part for question six instead of using it in question one, but I'm going to say it again anyway. I think that trying to be as meta as it does, it just becomes like literally the uh, murder mystery by Wes Anderson from wish.com. It's, it's very, very generic. It's really boring. And yeah, you guys are right. Like for a 98 minute long movie, I should not be this bored. It should move along at a little bit better of a clip, but I feel like it's, it's too slow and too dry. Yeah. Mm. Like it's, or it's, it's intentionally trying to be too dry. And in, it, there's parts in which it works. I think Saoirse Ronan nails it because she just has those quips and she has that naivety as like this person who's new to Scotland Yard that works. But like the rest, like Sam Rockwell just seems like he's tired the whole time. Like he just wants to go to sleep. But that's yeah. kind of his character, right? Like that's I know, but that's like one of your lead characters mm. in the movie. Like he's he's so bored, so why should I be interested? Well, that's you know? fair. Yeah. Aside from the fact that Sir Sheronan's there, because obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're right about it being that sort of dry. It needed to be a bit more over the top and ridiculous if you were going to do that meta approach. And then it would be good and, yeah, lighthearted. Well, I just think tonally it just didn't know what it was doing. It's like it wanted to be slapstick, but it's nowhere near slapstick enough. It's like it either needed no. to be 40% more slapstick or 30% less slapstick, because it's just kind of in this weird middle ground where it's like, am I supposed to be taking anything on screen seriously or not? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good description. I've got the perfect comparison for this, but I'm waiting for Dan's question to get to it. <laughs> All right, I look forward to that. Is that your controversial opinion, Billy? No, I actually found this one really hard because I don't feel like this movie has even generated enough opinions at all for me to have <laughs> one that would be controversial. But my controversial opinion is that Agatha Christie is um, fairly overrated. I mean, I get that back in the day, these murder mystery novels were exciting and different, but I mean, they are so formulaic that it is very hard for an adaptation of an Agatha Christie novel to be exciting. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's fair. I, yeah, I was reading one of the articles about this movie and they were saying, I think it was The Guardian saying that they didn't do like the feel of it enough, like yeah. how much people loved it back in the day. And so it didn't really show us why, you know, the popularity and my controversial opinions kind of um, related to that. And I, I feel that it needed to be a bit more stylistic and embrace that 1950s setting. It was kind of like, hey, look at us. This is an old school film, but then it just didn't really, it could have really been set in any decade. There wasn't a lot to do that. And I feel like it could have really yeah. hammed up that 50s vibe and it just didn't. Yep. Totally yeah. Totally fair. Yep. All right. So question seven, what did you notice that you don't think other people immediately noticed in the film? Uh, the scene making me care that Leo got murdered. Uh, like after the cold open, he got murdered. I was ready to be like, all right, movie's done. Heading home. <laughs> see, you, see you later. Uh, the yeah. bad guy got his. Everybody's happy. I don't need to know anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I know Saoirse Ronan's supposed to be in this, so I guess I'll stay. Because that was the only thing I was waiting for at that point. <laughs> what about you, Billy? Maybe it's just because I'm such a massive Jurassic Park fan, but um, Dickie, obviously, Richard Attenborough, that's the Richard Attenborough, which I thought was pretty cool because he actually did play that character in The Mousetrap on West End. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was a nice yeah. touch. 
Yeah, it was nice. I hadn't clicked that until uh, my boyfriend mentioned it. He was like, that's the guy from Jurassic Park. And I'm like, yeah. well, he looks a lot younger. He's like, it's the 50s. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, you mean like the, the characters, <laughs> like the guy from Jurassic Park, not the actor, very confusing. See, again, they could have leaned into the meta nature of the movie. Like when they, when he first shows up on screen, like just have like, for the audience to be like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, because only if you like, knew it, you got it. Cinephiles yeah. are going to know that, but like most people are going to be like, I've heard that name, but I don't know why I know it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Roger Ebert Ridley talks about that in his review. Because I was looking for reviews because I was like, I needed some more opinions to help me formulate my own opinions. So I've read a few of them now. And his was like, this is a good movie if you love Agatha Christie or if you love 50s cinema. Or, you know, if you're a cinephile, if you've got all this particular knowledge, you're going to get all these references and think it's great. But if you don't, this is probably not the movie for you. And I was like, kind of wish I'd read that prior to actually watching the movie. But here we are. Um, mine was just that all the characters were introduced like objective noun. So like popular author, esteemed playwright. And the writer even like corrected to add his adjective. It was like um, celebrated playwright or something. I just thought it was kind of cute. I noticed that they did that for each person. Random little thing. Nick, what's question eight? What was the most preposterously insane leap of logic in this movie? I think that nobody suspected that guy was the killer. Like, he was so obviously the killer. He was creepy as hell. <laughs> was he, though? <laughs> I didn't yeah, work it out. To was... Literally, they've been zooming in on the purple jacket. I was like, who wears a purple jacket? <laughs> like, I'm so slow. And I felt really dumb when I did realise. I was like, oh. Like, even after they were like, he's tall and has a stupid accent. I'm like, was there anyone like that in this film? Like, oh. <laughs> Embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Why, Liz? I'm not always smart. It was Friday night, man. That's, that's my excuse. My leap of logic for this film was stalkers, that because Stoppard's wife was brunette and homely, she must be the same woman that had been seen with Copernic. Oh, you jerk. Was that yours? You jerk. Well, mine was, mine was that stalker would, would jump to the conclusion. I mean, that was the whole thing. Like, yeah. Like, I heard jumping to the conclusion that Stoppard was the killer, and I was like, this is so obviously a misdirect yeah. for the film's benefit, but literally no soul that sees this movie ever in the history of the universe is ever going to be like, oh, yeah, it's Stoppard. Never. So it's for the movie's benefit, but, like, that's why, like, you're talking, like, you start getting into that final act, it's like, oh, God. Like, because you know it's not him. It's just like, oh, can we please get to who it actually is now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're just like, okay, we need the answer now. Come on, tell us. And also given that the inspector just believed her and that none of them showed a picture of him to the woman before they brought her in. Yeah. You know, yeah. like surely you go, hey, is this your ex-husband? No? Okay. Maybe we are wrong. But And like the, the funny thing too is like that woman doesn't say anything when she is there. Like she literally doesn't say anything. She just comes in the room and just yeah. like stands there and like it's like a two minute scene before yeah. stoppard's finally like that's not my wife yeah or whatever like it's like this whole thing it's I, so downplayed yeah. like it's just kind of like oh no that's not my wife like there's no what are you talking <sighs> about that isn't my wife or this woman going why have you got me here i've never met this guy or any of that which seemed really yeah. weird yeah yeah stupid movie makers Question nine is another patreon question it's from dan at netflix and swill which is a podcast and a great source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. What does he want to know, Billy? 
Dan wants to know who was the true MVP of the film, and it can't be either Stalker or Stoppard. By far, it is David Oyelowo's character, uh, Mervyn Cockerdoris. So this is what I likened it to. Billy, you mentioned tonal inconsistency. Uh, I, f- I figured out, like tonight, writing the answers to these questions, who he is. He's Dennis Hopper in Waterworld. He's in a completely <laughs> different movie from everybody else. Yeah. He's having so much fun. Yeah. Imagine this movie, but everybody is as ridiculously over the top as he is, as that character. Yes. Yeah, that's what this movie should be. Yeah. This movie would have been great. And there are people playing it all over the place. Yeah. Like, if everybody was just completely over the top, like, look, he's Dennis Hopper in Waterworld. 100%, it's him. Yeah. yeah. That's perfect. That's such a good call. What was yours, Billy? I reckon that the MVP is the police chief because, uh, you know, at least he's giving a woman a shot. He's like, you know, go for it, Sasha. Go be a cop. Like, you know, that's pretty good for back in the 50s. Yeah, absolutely. Even if he was like, well, I've said it, so now I have to do it. Hey, that's... <laughs> That's pretty good. Sticking to his words. That's right. Yeah, they're just like, I'll say it. I won't actually do it. <laughs> yeah. No, he was, he was all for it. That's yeah. a really legit call. I've just gone for Leo Copernic because he was such an asshole and so you didn't mind him getting killed. And he pushed the murderer to action so that the story could be told, I guess. Yeah. Like I just, some of those things you're like, oh, I would like to see him more. But no, it was fine. He was a dick and we didn't need to see him at all. Yeah. 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 Question 10, what two movies had sex and made this movie? And I wouldn't be surprised if we all had really similar answers here based on what you've already said. Yeah, maybe we will all have the same answer. For me, it's Knives Out and Scream. It's like the meta-ness of Scream with the murder mystery of Knives Out and it's not half as good as either of those movies because it doesn't lean into either of them half as well. Like what made Knives Out brilliant was the characters, you know, and you knew who all of them were and you could suspect each of them at different times. And this just didn't give the characters that same amount of love. I just couldn't get into it. But I think it wants to be those two movies smooshed together. And I think the great thing about Knives Out too is that you could get to the end of that movie and it literally could have been anybody and you wouldn't care because the movie would still be great because all those characters are so well realized and so fleshed out. None of the characters in this movie are. Every character in this movie is boring. Yep. Like they're just like yeah, going along with the motions. Like it's just not interesting. I said the Grand Budapest Hotel leaning into the Wes Anderson-iness. Uh, and then I just said any and every murder mystery committed <laughs> to film. Not Knives Out, but like, you know, just one of those kind of like murder on the Orient Express, yeah. you know, type things where it's just like that murder mystery kind of thing but then that tried to have that snappy wes anderson-ness to it and it just yeah. yeah that made sense murder on the orange express is another agatha christie isn't it yeah yeah i think so isn't it so there you go yeah i've been smiling because yeah my answer was clue and scream yeah. <laughs> same same thing scream for the meta approach and um i went with clue for the murder mystery because i thought of knives out and my boyfriend was like nah it was far too good for that so i was like <laughs> yeah good point so I've gone for the campier, like, what is that, 1985 or something Clue yeah. movie that was just kind of eminently forgettable. I think that brings us around to our individual questions. So, Nick, are we have you in first. If not the real culprit, which character do you wish had killed Leo? Stalker. I thought that would have been cool, <laughs> yeah. man. I mean, it's there in the name, right? She's a stalker. That never actually amounts to anything. <laughs> Yeah, like, I thought it was a, weird. It's just a silly name for no purpose. <laughs> because Stoppard is named after the playwright, whatever, who who writes 
who was it? The Inspector Hound, the real Inspector Hound. Yeah. Play. Yeah. So you're like, oh, so maybe Stalker means something. no. Yeah. Nothing. It's just the name. Yeah. Lame. Yeah. Um. That was yeah. I was waiting for you to answer first because I had two answers and I figured. <laughs> she might be one, so I thought I'd run and see if you said that. Because, yeah, you could easily have um, made it super meta as well, where one of her kids or both her kids were actually to Leo Copernic and she killed her husband when he found out, you know, like really meta, the meta-ness of it. And, and she could have easily pulled that off too. Yeah. That kind of about face. But because you've said that, I'm going to say Agatha Christie because bitch is murderous and she obviously would have hated Leo's interpretation. So I think that would have been quite a cool little twist. Definitely better than the real culprit. I had two answers. Uh, one wasn't real, though. One was I wish it was stoppered so the film would have ended earlier. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Then I said, truthfully, I think Richard Attenborough would have been a better choice. The problem with like the reveal of the usher being the killer is it's so far out of left field that then they have to sit and explain to you why it is, which is just that murder yeah. mystery trope, which I hate. Richard Attenborough, I think, would have like because his co-star like she was going to be in the movie adaptation, but I don't think we ever heard whether or not he was going to be. So I don't know. Like I just anybody, yeah. anybody, anybody, Liz could have shown up on the screen and just been like. I'm Liz. I run a podcast called Movie Reviews and 20 Qs. Bop, bop, bop. I mean, I'd watch that. I'd absolutely watch that. I'm a massive narcissist. I would have loved it. Um, oh, yeah, my I, I thought that's where it was going because actually Leo had his tongue almost cut out or whatever. Did they ever address that? No, no. they didn't. No. I thought it was going to come back to be Dicky because he would be like, you boast about your silver tongue to woman, well, I've just ripped it out because I'm so angry about how you treated this woman or something. You know, like I felt like they kind of tied it in there, but in the end it was just this weird loose thread that was pointless. Yeah. So, yeah. That's the thing that annoys me about most murder mysteries is you, you create a character and you create a thread so thin and so stretched, like, so long that it's like, well, nobody's going to suspect it's this person because they're basically a glorified extra in the movie. Like, yes, that yeah. nothing about any of this has had anything to do with this person until the very final scenes of the movie. Like, I hate that so much. It's it got to be a genuine surprise that when you look back later, you can see the thread and go, oh, yes. You know, like, I don't yeah. know if anyone here was ever a Veronica Mars fan. Uh, huge. But that show did it very well, where you never suspected who it was. But when you got the reveal, you were like, of course, of course Didn't it was. Didn't you do uh, Rabbit Ears for that show, Liz? I did. That's specifically the show I picked for my first Rabbit Ears yeah. episode because I love that show and it's, that's yeah. exactly it. Like it's just so beautifully, intricately woven and there was so many layers. Oh, yeah. Love yep. that show. If you haven't seen it, you guys all need to see it. I just wanted to do that because of hashtag Bobby plug. Yeah, she's fantastic. I also just did The Wire with her. I'll be back on there in uh, December. I'll be back on there to do Veep. Nice. Oh, I just started watching Veep. So I'm definitely going to have to listen to that one. Cannot wait. Great show. No, I love doing The Wire with her. That was awesome. So yeah, definitely go on. Everybody listen to her wonderful podcast. All right. Next one is why did Stoppard and his wife get divorced? I'm saying because she had a jigsaw phobia. Well, maybe just like a phobia of power tools and he refused to give away his jigsaw. So she <laughs> left him because he had like all those boxes of jigsaw pieces. Like yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, it's weird. Again, that never amounted to anything it's either. Just, it's a throwaway scene. It's yeah. such a throwaway. Yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I reckon. I feel it like was... it could have been used somehow. Like at the end, he like puts together a jigsaw that sells. I don't know, but yeah. it just yeah, it was nothing. I reckon it's because he kept going to the dentist. <laughs> Spending all the money on the dentist? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, but you still have terrible teeth. <laughs> My answer is basically the same, but it's just the literal, uh, he had an affair and became a horrible drunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the obvious answer. I thought it'd go a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't Insane. like this movie enough to try to be clever, Liz. <laughs> that's okay Uh, alright number 13 is uh, what other helpful notes does Stalker have written in her notepad I've got the beverage and biscuit preference of all of her colleagues nice because she was on the money with that um, other inspector guy like turned up and had those biscuits and he was just like well hello (laughs) I shall (laughs) give you the information you want I really liked that little scene I thought they really hit the nail on the head they were you know the British and their love of tea and biscuits the most British scene I've ever seen in a film (laughs) I know exactly and how she just like slaps the tin down on his hand and then like lifts it back up I loved it that was quality that was really good I reckon she'd have the uh the shoe sizes of her kids written in there because um, kids' shoe sizes are crazy confusing. They they don't they don't go like human shoe sizes do. They're all over the shop. I'm going to award that the Stacy answer. So <laughs> congratulations, Billy. It's an damn honor. it. <laughs> Fantastic. I quit. Uh, so I I just had I had uh, morning eat breakfast brush teeth take shower put on uniform uh, evening eat dinner. Nightcap, PJs, bedtime. <laughs> she has everything written down in this notebook. I'm pretty sure she's got her daily routine extremely detailed in that notebook as well. Well, you don't know what's going to be important until you realize it's important. So it's why not write down your entire daily? What if you forget to put PJs on? Yeah. Do you think she just has like a whole room that's just full of like notebooks from her life? She must. She must just do. Just giant stacks. That would have been a yeah. great place for this film to go, but it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> there, there. My sympathies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before uh, Nick depresses us all to death, uh, Billy, do you want to... Um... All right, moving over to my questions. Uh, question 14. Were either of you guys surprised by the identity of the killer? Not really, because they kind of already ruled out the others. You know, you kind of you knew it wasn't going to be Wolf. You knew it wasn't going to be the writer. And obviously it wasn't a woman from the frame of the killer. So I was kind of like, well, really, Dickie was the only other option I thought it could have been. Like, how great would it have been if it would have been Sir Ronan on stilts? Yeah. Like, underneath that trench coat with that hat on and everything? Uh, like- yeah, like wearing massive shoulder pads. I think my answer, like, I I already talked about this before, but, like, it's so absurdly out of left field. Yes. Like, Leo sets this up in the beginning, so, like, you know it's going to be the most random character that you've seen, like, maybe once or twice and has no barrier. Like, Leo set it all up in the beginning in his whole stupid narration thing, so I just was waiting for them to card out this random person like you know that maybe they passed on the street when he was going to the dentist or what like i was i was waiting for it to be some kind of absurd poll like that yeah and it was yeah <laughs> all yep. right question 15 if this film was set today what cultural phenomenon would be being adapted to film instead of the mousetrap i said stranger things but as a musical oh yes that'd be cool <laughs> yeah but that'd be good 
as a scathing indictment of our society, I'm going with an adaptation of the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard story. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, oh, my God. And you know I'm right. That would 100% be it. Yeah. Mm. But it wouldn't even be that. It would be like an adaptation of a TikTok about the Johnny Depp. (laughs) Oh, my God. Actually, hilariously, my boyfriend was like, as soon as I said, oh, I need to think of a cultural phenomenon, he's like, TikTok. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, but what's the movie? And then we agreed, like, streaming services. Does it actually be like the streaming service platforms battling over who got to adapt Johnny Depp? Well, see, no, because you'd have, take it one step further, you'd have Netflix would have the pro Johnny Depp one, and Hulu would have the pro Amber Heard one, and then they'd battle to see which one got, like, the more viewership, and then, like, you'd have their fans, like, the same way they were at each other's throats for everything before, now would be like, no, this one's better, no, this one's better. Yeah. On TikTok. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Yes, nailed it. Man, we live in a fucked up society. (laughs) Question 16. Uh, Saoirse Ronan has had a scheduling conflict and has to pull out of this film. Who do you cast to replace her? She was the best part. Yeah, that's what makes the question so hard. (laughs) Yeah. Plan A is to just delay the film for her. That's 100% correct. Yeah, that's the only answer. Yeah, but if you had to choose a person, I'm going with Jodie Comer with an Irish accent because... My boyfriend actually pointed this out. I don't know if you guys noticed because you're terrible people like he is, but every time Sesha Remnant said the writer's name, it sounded like cock and ass. And I did not notice that myself, but perhaps you Neither did, did I. Well, there you go. <laughs> so uh, I had two answers to this question. The first of them was, how dare you, Billy? Uh, first of all. Uh, but the, the real answer is Florence Pugh. Come on. Yeah, that's a great call. Yep. Get Flo in there. She'll yeah, knock 100%. it out of the park. It's a good answer. I can't wait to see. Don't worry, darling. That that just came out here uh, this weekend, really? so I can't wait to yeah, see that. We get oh, that. I can't wait next week. I think um, I'm keen for that as well. Cannot wait. I looked at it and went, oh, I don't want to see that, but especially after just all the talk about Harry Styles. And his- I don't give a fuck about Harry Styles. I just care about Flo. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I understand. Did you see that clip where he's like, someone says, "Oh, what do you like most about this movie?" And he's like, "I really like that it feels like a movie." <laughs> That was it. That's what he said. Oh, no. he. I think he sort of tried to clarify what he was talking about, but there's this great moment where Chris Pine's just looking like he wants his soul to leave his body when he hears that. It's excellent. <laughs> just hasn't floated my boat. But you do you. We've talked a lot about the meta nature of this film, and obviously it didn't always work, but I would like to know for question 17, what was your favourite meta moment? The only one that really got me laughing, which then was ruined almost immediately, was um, when they're interviewing the writer and he's talking about, you know, what a hack job uh, Leo wanted to do with the film. And he's like, well, what, what's next? A title card that says three weeks later. And then you immediately smash cut to a title card that says three weeks later. And that made <laughs> yeah. me laugh until the next scene didn't take place three weeks later. And I was like, well, now, you, now that's just it's so meta that it doesn't even make sense in the world of the film. Oh, did it not? No, it was three weeks later from the flashback that we'd previously oh. seen, but not three weeks later from the moment the title card came up. And it, it, yeah, I yeah, you're right. It's a small thing, but it just it ruined it for me. But that was also the only real meta moment that made me laugh out loud. To me, it was Leo outlining the finale of the film, like doing the whole, like all the, he had the whole thing storyboarded and he explains it. And like, you know that they're trying to go for a meta thing where like, as you're watching it, you're like, I know they're going to do this. And I know they're going to like, literally as it happens right here. Uh, But I still like enjoyed that enough. Like, yeah, it worked better than a lot of the other 
meta. I'm holding up quotes, uh, audio <laughs> audience. Uh, a lot of the other meta stuff in the movie, I thought that worked at least a little bit better because like, it's de- it's definitely what they were playing for, but like it worked still. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's probably what I would have said as well, actually. Because as soon as they got the invitation to dinner, I was like, oh, they're going to do the whole thing. Um, and so, and you know, some of those bits were quite funny. I actually, I disagreed on like the end, but I actually liked quite a bit of the end scenes, you know, with um, her throwing the Molotov cocktail and, you know, the fact that Agatha tries to kill the murderer with rat poison is actually <laughs> ridiculous. So... Question 18, what murder mystery do you think deserves to have a play based on it? So I know I know you guys aren't uh, Americans, but a huge murder mystery from the United States that's never been solved. And I actually like looked through a list to be like, which of these have I heard of that I would care to see? Uh, but it's the murder of John Benet Ramsey. Uh, oh, God, yes. Never been solved. If you don't know, audience listening, Liz clearly does, but it was, she was a six-year-old girl who was uh, brutally murdered, uh, and for the longest time, or I think they still suspect her parents, but that was like, well, over 20 years ago. It was like back in the 90s or something, I think. But it was definitely her brother. He was creepy. There was a thing, apparently, like, smeared poop on something. Like, if you've got scatological issues, you've clearly got some serious issues. But she was like a beauty queen, so it really yeah, captured yeah, the yeah. public's imagination, and there's a website where they've got all sorts of theories about who's done it. And there's, it ranges from, you know, every member of the family to there was a copycat killer that they think it might've been. And yeah, it was quite fascinating. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of true crime, but I would love to see a big Broadway musical about that guy who was accused of murdering his wife. And then it turned out it was an owl that did it. And the whole time he was like, it was an owl. And then finally they found these little feathers (laughs) and they were like, Oh shit. Yeah. It was an owl. (laughs) <laughs> I've never heard of that one. Is that Australian? No, it was an American. Yeah. Wow. Because I was thinking you meant the dingo one, but that's like a dingo stole my baby. Yes. Yes. Because it did actually turn out to be a dingo, didn't it? Absolutely. That was a dingo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Speaking of murder mysteries, do you think Agatha Christie would have appreciated such an opportunity to murder someone? 100%. I think she just didn't like her butler. I don't think those cups got mixed up at all. I think she knew exactly what she was doing. <laughs> She's like, here's my chance. He's been doing <laughs> yeah. my head in. Yeah. He never lets my guests in to say hello. <laughs> I said that she, not blatantly in front of a ton of witnesses, she would have wanted the chase. Because like that was yeah. like the whole, that's what a whole murder mystery is, is like all the detectives threading together, all the yeah, little true. clues. So I think it would be something where she, she would overly elaborately stage it but because she overly planned it she'd miss like one crucial detail or something like that yeah yeah that seems fair i think um they missed the trick there as well a bit because i felt like she came across very sort of ditzy and haphazard you know she was just kind of like oh i'm gonna try and kill the guy and i haven't kept track of this or but i thought she was supposed to be quite smart so i feel like she would have been like haha and you know Actually done it well. I don't know. But I like the actress that plays her. I can't remember her name, but she's great. So yeah, that was a, that was a cute little cameo. That's it. That's my questions. Cool. Ooh. It takes us down to number 20, the end. And because it's the end, I thought it'd be nice to throw one more Patreon question in there. And I'm a thought we'd have the Patreon uh, tell us what it is. It's me. I'm the Patreon. Yeah, you are. <laughs> My Patreon question is, what kind of meal is this movie? I think that this is Guinness stew. 
Like it's it's a fine and enjoyable meal, but it's still made off the base of a pretty shitty beer. <gasps> you can't say horrible things. Have you drunk Guinness in Ireland? No, I've not drunk it in Ireland, but it is not a good beer. It's a very See, everybody overrated keeps telling beer. me that, and it's like, God damn it! Yeah, yeah. you just have to drink it in Ireland. I like your opinion doesn't count until then. So okay, you know, but out of a can, it's a pretty <laughs> shitty beer. <laughs> Wants to get rid of Sir Ronan in this movie. Doesn't like Guinness. <laughs> you're the worst, Billy. You're the worst. <laughs> you're not Sam bad yet, but you're getting there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're not worse than Sam. But you're still pretty okay. bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said an extremely mild chicken tikka masala. Like, it's British. It's nice enough. I wouldn't be one I'd necessarily recommend, but I'm not, like, asking for my money back. You know, it's fine. Yeah, that's right. fair. Yep. I said this one was, uh, so picture in your head a perfect meal of, of a steak with some mashed potatoes with a red wine jus the mm-hmm. steak's way overcooked the potatoes are way undercooked but damn that red wine jus is really really good that's sir sharonin in case anybody needed me to stall that out uh there's one element that was really great but the rest of it was either overdone or underdone and the one element that was really great is too small of a part to manage to make the entire meal work yeah, she's great in it, and like every time you get a bite of her, it's just like I'm just we're directly translating it to Sir Sharona now. Like I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> every time you eat her, she's great and delicious. She's so good in it too. It's just like, but I would have liked to see a better movie. You know, I don't know. It, like Billy said, swing for the fences and and make this thing as yeah. balls to the wall meta as possible, or make it more serious you know like delve into like clearly you know stoppard has some ptsd issues from the war probably that's probably why he drinks get into that Mm -hmm. get into you know uh stalker's loss of her husband in the war you know more of that stuff make it an actual drama and um yeah it might have been better but i think you're right like if you if you're gonna do that meta approach you have to go all out go over the top lose the plot yeah yeah all right, well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Look at that. We made it through, we team. It. We made it through. <laughs> Yet again, I have no idea what episode we'll be doing next, but I'm sure I'll think of something. Feel free to message us <laughs> with ideas. Please, message me with ideas. You can reach us at mritqs at gmail.com or movie reviews in on Twitter, or you can search for movie reviews and 20Qs on all the social media sites and message us there. What about your guys' podcast? Why don't you give us a little blurb about those? No. Okay. <laughs> don't. Okay, I'll go first. Yeah. We Watch the Thing does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week we watch a thing and we chat about that thing, and that's basically the extent of it. Liz has been on the show several times. She's fantastic. Nick is going to be on with me in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, talking some Clerks 3. You can find it anywhere you find podcasts just by searching We Watch the Thing, and I'm on all socials at We Watch the Thing. I am totally taking credit for the fact that Nick is going to be on your show because I've been. Mean, I it's it one of those weird things. Like Nick and I have spoken plenty of times in the past, and so it a just, million times we'll trade yeah. a tweet back and forth here or there. Like yep. we've got to get together, we've got to do this, we've got to do that, and then one of us won't reply to the other, and then <laughs> it'll just it'll just disappear into the background. Yep. he'll get busy with. It's yeah, that's that's always the way just, it is. It's like we've always intended to. Yep, so we're finally yeah. going to do it, and I'm really excited that it's going to be Clerks 3, because I'm oh such a massive Kevin Smith fan, I know you are too, and it's I'm yeah. very excited, yep. 
Yay. I can't wait. That's so cool. And come on, Nick, give us a little shout out to something. A little something, something. Um, my shout out is uh, be kind to yourselves. Uh, use kind words when you talk about yourself. Speak about yourself positively. Uh, don't speak about yourself negatively. I love that. Uh, because when you speak about yourself positively and intentionally, like, talk yourself up. Talk about the things. Talk about the good things that you do or the good accomplishments that you've had. And, you know, just try to make your world a better place. And in turn, that'll make the world uh, a better place. Just be, Just be good. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to other people. That's such a nice sentiment. My link will be in the show notes, I'm sure. That's the kind of sentiment that you get from Nick's wonderful show, Nikolai's Kitchen, which is more than just a cooking <laughs> show. It is, it's practically a self-help show at this point, and, and I love it because I need all the help I can get, and Nick gives it to me. <laughs> oh, it's just so lovely. Thank You're you. just both so lovely. And frankly, the world is a flaming dumpster fire right now. We need as much love and kindness and goodness as we can, which is why I invited these two guys on the show, because obviously they are both lovely and kind and good. And yeah, we all need a bit more of that. What a treat to be here with, yeah. not with Sam, with Liz, you know, to be on the good, <laughs> yeah. to be on the good movie reviews and 20 cues with, with the good host, not Sam, blah, 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 KFC, blah, 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 you know, old girls were talking in this movie. I didn't like it. You know? <laughs> be careful though, because if he keeps getting all this shit, he just might never come back. I might be stuck here for good. <laughs> be careful what you wish for, folks. <laughs> Oh dear. Nick goes to Patreon and increases Patreon pledge. <laughs> as long as I don't like lose our audience, then that's all I need to achieve. And before I accidentally do that, I think we should probably end the episode here. So that's it. Um, this one, thanks from me. Thanks from me. Bye. Her final words were, I know I'm not that smart. She just disappeared. It's better than usual. Usually I'm like, I'm the smartest person here. So people shouldn't really be complaining. Hey, you are smart. Don't put yourself down. S-M-R-T. Right, Emily? Suck it. That's an in-joke to the last episode. And I'm just very um, salty about that still. So never mind me. All right. I'm hanging up now. Well, I'm not hanging up now. I'm ending. Yep. She's just like, peace, bitches. Boom.